privilege to be in your presence. We honor you, our King. We owe you everything, spirit, soul, and body. For we are not our own, but we belong to you. And we are to glorify you, Lord, in our spirit, our soul, and our physical being. You must have all of us. All of us. Every part. We consecrate our lives to you today. Individually and corporately. We're so grateful so thankful that you live in us. Worthy is the Lamb of God and worthy is His holy name. Say that. Worthy is the Lamb of God and worthy is His holy name. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bask in your presence this morning. We wait in your presence this morning. We listen to your voice this morning. For in your presence is fullness of joy. Times like this, 
Harvest Church are precious, precious, precious. Don't take for granted the presence of the living God. For he desires to manifest his presence. We love you. And all God's people said amen. I want my two graduates, Zachary Christensen and Mercedes Heckert, to come up here, please. I want you to keep standing. You don't need to move that. Just leave it. These two young people graduated from high school, one from Neely and one from homeschool in Crofton. You were the top in your class, I understand. <laughs> and then Mother said, he's the only one in his class, but you'd be top anyway. So I want you to extend your hands towards them because God has a plan for their lives. So all you need to do is just receive because he loves you so much. Father, we bless Zach today in the name of Jesus Christ. He's your workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which you prepared in advance for Zach. Now Lord, in the days ahead, cause his ears to hear your direction. Open his spiritual eyes to see. For your word is a lamp to his feet and a light onto his pathway. Open the doors you've destined for him and help him see those doors and walk through those doors. And may he be a vessel of honor for you in the days ahead, sanctified and useful for the master and prepared for every good work that's coming. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. So we call him blessed this day. Gifts be stirred up this day in Jesus' name. Father, we lay our hands upon her, Mercedes, today. And thank you, Lord, for her spiritual destiny in Christ. Order her steps in thy word and let not iniquity have dominion over her for the steps of a righteous woman are ordered of the Lord. Oh, Father, let her gifts be used to honor Jesus in the days ahead. Let her words that she speaks be an encouragement to others. We loose that anointing upon her this day and call her blessed spirit, soul, and body. And we say, gifts be stirred up for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, sweetie. You may be seated. You know, I, we just have to learn to be sensitive to the, to the presence of God. And not get in a hurry. Amen? Amen. Say, I won't get in a hurry. hurry. Amen. I just had a few things to share this morning. Last week, 
several of us came from Tulsa, and, and then we had last Sunday, everybody kind of got up and gave their thoughts. And I don't know about you, but when we went down, I don't know what I was expecting, but when we came back, I received something totally different from what we went, thought we would receive. And when everyone got up and shared, I was kind of amazed that everybody was kind of on the same page. It wasn't a big emotional response. It was something deeper than that. And so this week, I've had time to think about that and reflect on that and process all of that. And the thing that stood out so much was the great hunger for the things of God and the need for God in people's lives. And the thing that I think everybody came back recognizing was that great hunger, that great need, and the limited amount of workers. And that was probably the overwhelming thing of how much needs to be done because the harvest is really ripe. The church world in the last few decades has been more involved in trying to appeal to people's emotions by entertainment. And the season for that is over. It says that we worship God in spirit and in truth. And there's a great need and hunger for truth right now. And a super need for the spirit of God. And so we want to prepare that. It's all about right now about preparing for that and and moving forward in that. So I guess the thing I just want to impart to you is the season is changing. The season is upon us. And we got to quit. Changes, sometimes if change is just for change, it doesn't accomplish anything. But we're in a a season of moving forward, and there's going to be changes, and we have to be open to that. I believe this church body is open to that. There is just a lot a lot that needs to be done. We need, and there, one thing I want to warn you, there are so many voices out there right now. Take time to be still and hear God's voice. So this week, um, then on Monday or Tuesday, Mario Morello came out with the announcement that they would not be doing the services in Batavia, New York. And that was kind of surprising. Um, but then this week, he, uh, Lance Wallnow put out a, a podcast or whatever you call it and interviewed Mario. And Mario made the explanation. And basically, it was the same thing we all came away with, was we've got to be on the same page and we've got to be willing to work. And so uh, Brad's going to post that podcast on Harvest Church's Facebook or whatever. You can look for that. It's 45 minutes long. I encourage you, you can go on YouTube and, and, and listen to it too. It's Lance Wall now, and he interviews Mario Morello. But in the, towards the end, there are some things. Lance talks about the difference, the need for revival, but the need for reformation. That's very important to listen to. And then Mario talks about the difference between unity and agreement, and that's very important that you listen to that. We need to be in agreement first so that we then can be in in unity because we don't want to bring the unity down to a compromise level. That's not really unity. So that's very important. I'd encourage you to listen to that. Um, we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. 
I just want you to know that the finances, we are geared right now, full blast ahead for reaching the harvest. And so what we're, everything we're endeavoring to do right now is to prepare for that. So that's where the finances go. We're, we try not to waste them anywhere. We just want to be ready and be prepared. And he's going to share more about that this morning. So if you need an envelope, raise your hands. The ushers will get you an envelope. And you can go ahead and receive that. While you do that, I have one announcement. And then while they're doing that, you can go ahead and receive that. Um, we have a, we had a gentleman, an older gentleman that was from California and he was married to a woman from Stanton. And they lived part of the time in California and part of the time in Stanton. And when COVID hit two years ago, they were in California and he never was able to come back. And he was an older gentleman and he passed away a few months ago. Dean Freeman. Some of you know him. If you're new here, you do not know him. And so they are going to have his funeral here at the church. Because when he was in Stanton, he attended this church. And so the funeral is the morning of Saturday, May 14th. And then there will be a lunch following. And so we need to, we need some help for the lunch is what I'm saying. So if you know him and you would like to help and, and do some food. Mary Jane, Mary Jane, raise your hand. Mary Jane will, you can talk to her and we'll get that lined up. Uh, no, here it is. Thank you. So that's all I have. Um, so we appreciate your faithfulness and your giving and your work. I was sitting back there the, in the dark and be trying to you know, be still. The Spirit of God spoke to me. These words marshal the forces. And so I'm endeavoring to, to do that. And I'm learning just like you're learning. But folks, we live in a, a historic time. And uh, every one of us is important. Amen. Every one of us has gifts and graces. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Um, I want to go on, and I realize we took longer time for worship, but I told you each service is going to be different in the days ahead. And so sometimes we might not even minister the word. We might just worship God. And so I thank you for your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And you need to pray for your worship team. I'm real proud of them. And uh, they work hard and they practice hard, and God will honor that. We said that our goal is to help you, the believer. How many believers in Jesus? Let me see your hands. You believe in Jesus. 
is to help you de- develop a harvest mindset in the days ahead. So you can go out and spread the gospel and fulfill the Great Commission. Matthew 9, verse 37 says, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into... Now, I wrote this down and highlighted. Pray to send out laborers into His harvest. His harvest. Say it. We're laborers sent out for His harvest. Don't ever forget it. It's His harvest. He loves people. Amen. Then John 4.35 says, Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they're already white for harvest. The harvest, number one, is huge. They couldn't handle it in Tulsa. They didn't have enough workers. And Mario even expresses that. You know, it, it's, it was kind of alarming to see that there weren't enough people to help. And there was a sea of people that went to the front. And the work, they went forward. The workers were, were in the back. The workers couldn't get to the front to minister to the people that were giving their lives to Jesus. And it was a wake-up call. My goodness, it was a wake-up call for Mario and Lance and the rest of these leaders. Where are you at? Where am I at in all of this? That's why we have to act like and work like it's coming tomorrow. Sooner than you think. Must be prepared. No fear. And then strategies from heaven to know how to do it. Because this little pea brain can't figure it out. It has to be by the Spirit of God. So... The best thing we can do is get into God's presence like that and worship and just soak it up. Amen. The harvest is huge. There's few workers. We're to pray for harvest hands. And the harvest is now. Now, I'm going to jump ahead because we, we're, we're, we're talking about these four directives. Sooner than you think, must be prepared, no fear and strategy. In the days ahead, the weeks ahead, everything's going to be centered around harvest. Everyone say harvest. Preparing for the harvest. Amen. Everyone getting their poop in a group. Pastor, you said poop. Well... I want to shock you in realizing we have something to do. Look at, I'm I'm really honored to be involved with Patriots United. What a wonderful organization. And it started with a few people. We sat here and we spoke to them. We said, well, not too many here. Now the place is getting filled up. God's moving. Not only with Christians, but non-Christians coming together an important time sooner than you think must be prepared no fear and strategy can you put those seven things up please the the seven steps or seven things i had um i told you that harvest church must make the most of every opportunity because events can occur suddenly everyone say suddenly 
And I said, by faith, harvest church being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared for a harvest of souls. And my question was, can we prepare for a miracle? Yes, we can. And we gave you the example of the feeding of the multitudes. It's the only, you know, one miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels, okay? And there are seven principles found in this, and I'm going to kind of jump to the end of it today, but I, I want to give it to you. Seven principles found in the miracle of feeding the multitude. We said it, it symbolized the, symbolizes the meeting of human need. Meeting human need. We said sheep with no shepherd are lost, fearful, and helpless. How many of you know people out there that are lost, full of fear, and don't know what to do? I'm still seeing people wearing masks in cars by themselves. We said in order for sheep to lie down in green pastures, they must be free from fear, free from friction with other sheep, free from pests, free from hunger. We said only the shepherd leader can provide the sheep with these four freedoms. This miracle of provision is prophetic of today and the people who are lost, fearful, confused, and spiritually hungry. Harvest Church in the days ahead must be able to see these lost sheep, discern their needs, and minister the love and compassion of Jesus Christ to them. I want you to look in your Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And I might jump forth back and forth here, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to start with Mark 6 and verse 30. This is the account of feeding the 5,000, the miracle. It says, the apostles gathered together, verse 30, to Jesus and told him, told him all things, both what they had done and what they taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But didn't do any good. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw, everyone say saw, a great multitude, and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. A shepherd is one who tends, leads, guides, cherishes, feeds, and protects the flock. You and I must see the people that are out there in this hour through the eyes of Jesus Christ. We've got to see them and allow our hearts to be moved with compassion. We said that in order to do this, it's going to take a tremendous amount of grace. And is he able to give us that tremendous amount of grace? I can't pastor in the days ahead without it. I'm not that sharp. I can't do it without his grace. Some, you're going to be called upon to do some things in the days ahead, and you can't do it. But God's grace, you can do it. So remember that when you're, you're down on yourself and you think, I don't have the education, I don't have the charisma, 
I don't have any hair. See, we got a lot of people here. They're working. They, got, they don't have hair. You're the one that made the comment today about hair. But we're going to have to get ready and get prepared and allow his grace. In Mark 6.34, it says, he began to teach them many things. In Luke 9, verse 10, in that, that version, it says, he received them and spoke to them, to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. God's grace is his ability. Say that. God's grace is his ability. Say, I've got God's grace. I have God's ability. And that's what enables you and I to receive, enjoy, and minister his graciousness to others. Just as Jesus did. How many loaves were there? Five. How many fish? Five is the number of grace. Two is the number of witness and support. Harvest Church must rely on God's grace to receive people, speak to people, teach people, and minister healing to people. It's going to take His grace to minister to them the support that they need. Bottom line. Now, look at John 6. Now I'm at the end. Did pretty good. Because this is what I want you to see, and I believe this is what the Spirit of God wants you to see. I'm going to read this, the first uh, eight or so verses. And a couple names, a couple disciples' names are going to be spoken. It says in verse 1, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee into the Sea of Tiberias, and then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mount, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was at hand. And then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, everyone say Philip, Where shall we buy bread that they may eat? But this he said to test him, for he knew himself what he would do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. We're going to talk about that lad next week. But what are they among so many? Well, then he had them all sit down, of course, and then the miracle happened. This is what I want you to see. This is what Harvest Church is going to have to do in the days ahead. We must raise up leaders who can assess the needs of people and then take the initiative to make wise decisions and then do something. Let me say it again. We must raise up. We have leaders, but we need more. Everyone say, we need more leaders. Raise up leaders who can assess the needs of people and take the initiative to make wise decisions and then just do something. Philip and Andrew, out of all those disciples, you know, some of the remarks to Jesus were, you know, they made an effort. Let's just say they made an effort and God honored that. Philip was a man who could think for himself. He'd accepted Christ as the Messiah because he'd studied the prophecies. 
and saw they were fulfilled in him. Look back a few chapters to John chapter 1 and verse 43. John 1, 43, it says, Then the following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda. You know, that when I was young, I'd make a mistake like that, and I'd just get, oh, God. Now, I don't, I don't care. You know. Bethesda. The city of Andrew and Peter and Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip was a man who could think for himself. He'd accepted Christ as the Messiah because he'd studied the prophecies and saw they were fulfilled in him. Philip had an answer. Say that. Philip had an answer. When Jesus asked him the question, 200 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. Now, a a penny or or denarius denarius was equivalent to a fair day's wage. A denarius would have fed approximately 25 people but would have provided each person just a mouthful. But did he have an answer? Yeah, he did. He made an effort. Now, Andrew, Andrew... Andrew revealed his insight and awareness to his surroundings. Now, how was he aware? What did he notice? What did he notice in the crowd? The little boy. And it's interesting, the the little boy is the only one that remembered to bring a lunch. And he stuck out, didn't he? Like Philip, he recognized Jesus as the Messiah. In John 1, 1, 40, verse 40 says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. See, both of these gentlemen, both of these disciples, they were witnesses. They went and got somebody. Bottom line, This is what we need. Are you ready? We need initiative. I need people that will take the initiative. Like Andrew and Philip. Maybe their answers were dumb. But at least they made an effort. There are churches out there today full of people that have no initiative. You have to take them. Get up. Give me your hand. You got to take them by the hand. Go over here and do this. And come over. This is how we do this. And over. Yes. Okay. Sit down now. Thank you. Sit down. Just sit down. I need people that can think for themselves. Now, understand authority. You're under authority of the local church and the pastors and the leadership, ultimately God. But if you can't even spot a beer can and get out and pick it up, that's no initiative. Because I'm the one picking them up. I'm picking up the trash. I spent two and a half hours picking up trash because I got my fill of it. Going to work every day, 
seeing it. I've got initiative. I've always had it. And I believe I always will. But some of you are going to have to take some initiative in the days ahead. Because I can't do it. She can't do it. Two or three or four people in this church can't do it anymore. Those of you that are visiting are going, I don't know if I'm coming back here anymore. Initiative is defined as the action of taking the first step or move. Responsibility for beginning or originating. Initiative also means to be proactive. I like that word. Proactive. Proactive means to assume an active rather than passive role in doing something. In other words, a leader who has initiative will not always have to be told to do something. He will see something that has to be done and he'll do it. As a pastor, I've never told anyone to stop because they were showing too much initiative. Why, it's quiet in this Lutheran church. Would you put up those seven, please? Not those, the... Yeah, that's it, thank you. We worked hard, Laura and I, to get this done today. Okay, that's fine. My mind's going here and my spirit's going there because I have so much in me to try to get across to you. It's not going to be church like we used to have, folks. It's not going to be that way anymore. But some of you are going to have to show some more initiative. Because we need people that can see the need like Andrew and Philip. If you're just showing up here for an hour and a half for the hour of power and then go the rest of the week and do whatever you want, you're not going to be a very good soldier in the the Lord's army. We've got to be proactive. We're going to, in the days ahead, going to have to fill some positions. I'm going to have to need some people. Brad can't do it all. He shouldn't have to. In fact, I get irritated with him because he tries to do it all. He can't because he's not graced to do it all. Just like me. I'm not graced to do it all. You say, this is pretty serious. Yeah, it is. Because it's coming, folks. It's coming. It's going to happen. And you can't look at this preacher and say, you didn't tell me. Because I've told you. It's going to happen. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see people born again, filled with the Spirit. I believe we're going to see people lined up to get into this building. Why should it only be in Tulsa? Why can't it happen in Nebraska? Well, Omaha... Pastor Hank's church, Lord hosts, he's the prophet. Well, I'll guarantee you, he can't do what he's doing without a good support system. He's got a pastor, Doug, and Eileen, 
Daniel's helping him and others too. So it's the time. Stand up. Lift your foot. See if you can stand there like this. No, just do this. Put one foot forward. That's what you got to do in the days ahead. One foot forward. Say one foot forward. You need to go. Say, I need to go. I want to go today. I really want to leave. No. (laughs) Say, I need to go. And I need to do. Bottom line. Now, let's read these because these are important. I want you to get this on the inside of you. Harvest Church, don't read. Just let me read it. Harvest Church must redeem the time and make the most of every opportunity because events can occur suddenly. Number two, Harvest Church must heed the divine warning of things not yet seen and be motivated with godly fear to prepare for a harvest of souls. Number three, Harvest Church must see society's lost sheep, discern their needs, minister the love and compassion of Jesus Christ to them. Number four, Harvest Church must rely on God's grace to receive people, speak to people, teach the people, and then minister healing to the people. And finally, number five, Harvest Church must raise up leaders who are problem solvers. Men and women with intuition who can think for themselves, be aware of the situation, and come up with viable solutions what we got to do, folks. It's what we have to do. Do you hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to the church in this hour? And it's not just Harvest Church. It's all over the nation. I sat in my heart grieved for Mario Morella when he was on Lance Wallnow show and being interviewed about how they dropped the ball in Batavia, New York because the pastors didn't want Trump's name to be mentioned. And what angers me more is the sheep followed them. It's time for the sheep to rise up. Why would they follow leaders like that to begin with? I don't get it. You're not that kind of people. It's not this kind of church. Amen? Praise God. Well, I hope I said something. Just shake some of that apathy off of you. Indifference. Self-centered ideas. It's not about you anymore. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Bottom line. You're going to have to give up some of your stuff in the days ahead for the kingdom's sake. It's the way it's got to be. If you're not like that, you won't last long here. You'll be offended and you'll leave. And it ain't going to bother me because there's already through the years people have left. I'm praying for some to come back. Some know. Can you tell a serious business? Father, in the name of Jesus, we've said a lot of things today, and I don't know if I've expressed it very eloquently. Many times I'm blunt. 
I thank you, Lord, for days ahead that maybe my speech might be more with grace, seasoned with salt. But I know the Lord Jesus was blunt and he was bold as a lion. I'm praying, Lord, that you will stir the hearts of this body in the days ahead to rise up and be the church. People that are ready to roll up their sleeves and get involved. People that are ready to put one foot in front of another and say, Pastor, I can do this. Pastor, do you need help here? I'm willing. I'm ready to serve. Only you, Holy Spirit, can deal with the hearts of this people. So I cast the care of this upon you, Lord. I'm asking you to deal with the hearts of these men and women, even these young people, Lord. Open their eyes to see the harvest. The fields are ripe. God is moving. Get on board. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. I thank you, Lord. I receive. Everybody, lift your hand. And say this with me. We receive your grace in Jesus' name. That's right, Charlie. Amen. Good job, girl. We'll get you to lay hands on the rest of these people. Get ready. We love you. And we want what's best for you. And don't take this wrong. I want you to understand, I am thankful for a group of people that roll up their suits. There's some here that do that, but there's some still on the edge. Get in or get out, folks. It's not a time to stay in the boat. It's time to step out of the boat. Amen? See, I might be back next week. But everything you said was God. Amen. Amen. Anything else? Is there anybody today that had pain in your neck? You got problems with your neck today? Neck, neck, not the, not the behind, the neck. Because the anointing came on my neck early in the service. So, stiff neck. You need an overhaul. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I loose the anointing of God because healing's in the name of Jesus. So I speak through the vertebrae, the disc, the ligaments, the tendons, the muscles. I command in Jesus' name his body to come in line with God, the word of God, for you sent your word to heal Lonnie and deliver him in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, this day. Lonnie said, I receive healings mine in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. That's my old Methodist brother. Amen. Anything else? Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. I tell you, the presence of God's here. Do you, do you, maybe it's just the first two rows. Three, four rows? Do you? Can you? Okay. 
Well, you're kind of a seasoned bat. You've been in this. But the presence of God is in this place. Don't take it for granted. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. Thank you.